you like conversation on a variety of topics? Feel like no one wants to talk about the things that interest you? Tired of only hearing the same political, sports, or catastrophe talk? Yeah, we feel that way too. Join two high-functioning geeks as they discuss just about anything under the sun. We can't tell you what we'll be talking about each week because we don't know where our brains will take us. It will be an interesting conversation, though, so hang on and join us. Here comes the Relentless Geekery. You know, it is Christmas week, uh, but also we were talking about gaming. So here's some gaming news I don't know if you've heard, and I'm interested on your thoughts on it. So CD Projekt Red is well known for the Witcher series. I don't know if you've ever played those or seen them. I've um, seen them, and in fact, it's kind of funny. I think I've bought a couple because they went on sale for like eight bucks. Right, exactly. I haven't played them yet, which is weird. Why have I? They're in my queue. They're, yep. I really am going to do them. because Yeah, I, I know, especially number three gets a lot of raves. I know a lot of okay. people that love it. Well, they they created a new game called Cyberpunk 2077. I've seen uh, advertising Amundo. I'm getting oh, splattered God, with that. Yes. Okay. It's been right. everywhere. And Keanu Reeves is in it. So that helped boost its credibility. Okay. Um, they are not, they are in a very unenviable position in that they are coming out with a top tier game that is massive, huge world, huge graphics, huge action. Everything's big about this game. And of course, it's like a lot of the modern games. Okay. Uh, there's a list of about 300 different things you can do and it's open world and it's this and that. Okay. But it's in between systems. So it runs on the newest system really well, but it okay. also works on the older systems. Well, okay. it was, I guess, running so poorly on the older systems with breaking graphics and lag and, yeah. and artifacting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which could be expected, but you know, maybe they could put a little more love in it or bite the bullet and just go with the new systems, which is hard right now because they won't sell too many. Exactly. So, so what they ended up having to do is uh, at first people were demanding refunds and Sony was the first one that said, no, you bought it. You got it too bad. And then it got to be so overwhelming. They started giving refunds and also pulled the game from the digital store. You cannot even buy it. And Microsoft followed suit. They pulled the game from the store, gave refunds to anyone that wanted it. And it's almost unprecedented to to have that happen. Um, So that's one thing, you know, that's an interesting twist. Uh, Number two, though, there are people complaining because they got the refund, but they can't still play the game. Honestly. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that's ridiculous. You know what I mean? I, I, I get that people are addicted and that they need to have their fix. And it's going into Christmas and they've been looking right. forward to this, but that kind of, what would you call it? Incredible greed, ungratefulness, whatever. You yeah. know, I demand the, everything from you, including apparently now free. I wanted the <laughs> refund, but you know, I want to, so I, I don't know. I don't tend to do that. I don't tend to jump into whatever the latest and greatest is because I just, I have so many things that I enjoy doing that I don't like paying the fullest price. Right. I don't like getting on when 
people far more fanatic than I am are playing. And, uh, you know, if, if I'm taking a, just a moment to learn it, you get treated like a noob and you get continually killed, continually teleported into the right. wall, whatever else it might be. I don't know the game mechanics of Cyberpunk 2027, but you know what I'm trying to say? Right. Hey, I yeah. hate that I can't take some time to like, so how does this one work? What are the the, the weapons that matter? How does my skill tree build? Right. And instead, somebody stayed up 72 hours when they first got it and now they're striding the world like a titan and i'm getting my ass kicked all the right. time and, it really and, sours the game for me and then you they're being I mean? insulting so, and demeaning it's like chill out yeah, yeah it, exactly i i specifically a couple years ago seeked out a couple groups i said look i'm in my 40s i love playing video games i've done it my whole life but i don't play a lot so i'm not going to play halo and win uh, i might play and enjoy myself and i said right. i'm looking for people that aren't so into it that their life revolves and they have to feel superior by killing me and i found a couple groups and the people are like hey how's it going you know and it's very Honestly, casual i should think of doing that same thing you know what i so much about what i like about games is the exploring of them i think i've mentioned before i have a weird thing about maps and i'm not sure what it is but <laughs> i like knowing if there is a map that i've been everywhere every nook and cranny yes. across the ocean all that kind of stuff well sometimes when you're in explorer mode you're not in combat mode and when you bump into somebody and you're like before where you can even say would you like to trade something they're they're firing right. balling you or something like right. that it's the weirdest thing to be is everyone in this game only hostile i need to find <laughs> those things are like hey if we put together our own little cadre of people that think exploring is more fun and we have a couple armored bruisers that are our, <laughs> our front right. men you know what i mean so that we don't keep getting killed oh well. the, the, the first time i played left for dead have you ever played left for dead I have not. Oh, good fun game. It's okay. a cooperative four player uh, up to four player game. The idea is just to get from point A in the level to point B without dying with all the zombies attacking you. Okay. That's really it. Yeah. Now, the first time I played it, the group I was with was friends and family. They had played it and they start running and they're going all over. And I'm like, oh, this is a cool game. I'm going in here to explore and I'm going. They're like, what are you doing? I'm like. I'm looking for stuff. I'm touching things and see like, no, there's none of that. You run. The zombies will kill you. <laughs> right. If you pause for a moment. Yes. Oh, that's pretty chomp. You know, yeah. I think. Yeah. You and know then, oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, real quick. The, the yeah. best memory I have of that game playing with a friend at like 1130 at night and 45 minutes. And we're going on and on and on. And we get to the last thing. We have to hold off several waves before the boat comes and Then we run to the boat to get on. Okay. And we live through all of it. And we were side by side running and zombies like jumped out from behind trees and took my friend down. Oh, and we, just we, like horrible, real movie life. Yeah, you know what I mean? We had headphones so on because he was, you know, at his house and we're talking and sure. I turned around and over the headphones, he goes, no, save yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I was rolling, but you would appreciate it because at the very end of each one, they show credits of how many zombies killed and all that. And then okay. it says no real zombies were injured during the making of the Yeah. From the yeah. American society for Bridge of cruelty right. to the undead or something. You yeah. Know, that, that's so, a, you know, it, this is kind of funny. I, I, I don't know if you heard my Plato talk, but I've alluded to it. You know, yes. I, I was very much on the Plato system when I was at university of Illinois, the six years that I was there and I played a lot of games and I coded and that kind of stuff. One of the things, and I, I saw already then, I mean, this is, 80, I was there 77 to 83. So for the best of Play-Doh, it was probably like 81 to 83. It was really things were maturing. And there were games that were capable of doing amazing, cool stuff that it took the year 
the, the world probably 15 years to catch up to the level of multiplayer and yeah. extensive maps and the, the incredible variety of weapons and spells and all that kind of stuff. So having said that, you also get to see there really are people with an addictive personality that or there was a game called Avatar that was probably the most complex one going. And it was the first one that actually had like not only um, groups that would go in, but kind of like very tribal things going on <laughs> that they were in a certain group and you could meet other parties in the dungeon and you would sometimes go to war with them. And so um, animosity built up and people were really like in real life starting to identify too much with the characters that they were playing. And it was just very weird. So there were various places around University of Illinois that had collections of machines that you could play together that it wasn't having to be on headphones, but that you would be in the same room. Nice. And there were, there were some good um, squad leaders that were very good about how to organize the group so that you, know, you had your appropriate, you know, <laughs> bruisers in the front, your magic users in the back, cleric that could make, you know, healing or going around and stuff like that. But sometimes they became quite dictatorial martinet type <laughs> a-holes and i remember going i think lincoln hall was one of the places where they had kind of a secret set of plato terminals and just knowing i knew about them so i would occasionally go there and if nobody was on then i would get on and they they had very much restrictions and security about plato so that you couldn't play games during the day well you walk into this thing and I, it was as if i had um I got such looks like, are you a spy? You know, why are you interfering? Don't take any of my attention. You know, if, if you don't have pizza, get the hell out. And I'm just like, wow. how is this happening at a university dedicated to learning? You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. They, they, they could have snarled at me. And it would have had the same import of the looks I was getting and the things that I was being told. And so having said that, that sets you up then for the whole, now what we're going through, there's people that play a lot of World of Warcraft or a lot of name, name the guild games and stuff like that. And they really fall into the game. They, they are so much identifying with their characters and with their friends they've made on the game. And sometimes it's friends and family in real life. And sometimes it's just people that they've decided that they game with that, uh, that I don't know, that level of, um, not even addiction, cultishness. Yeah. You know what it, I mean? It, it, it's very scary sometimes. It, it's, they need <laughs> the digital virtual game to give them a self, a sense of identity and uh, a fulfilling feeling of fulfillment in their life. And I mean, that sounds like pop psychology, but it, you know, I've seen people like that. It's like it's, the dark side of being a really geeky yes. guy is that if you don't get a lot of, kudos for being that in real life but you can be a total kick-ass yeah. level 70 ninja in the game i can understand why you'd start saying i like that life i like yeah. being in the game yeah. more than i like being in my it, you know <laughs> which i'm probably i'm sure you saw even with the you know the character graphic games of that time it was just so so huge and immersive you know and i i, I think with the tablets you know we mentioned that with a lot of those games they they're all the same and you tap here, tap here. And you know, it's easy, but I've seen people playing those tablet games, fighting games, puzzle games, the jewels, not even looking at it, just sitting there tapping the screen. Oh, look, I got another upgrade. Oh, look, I got more money. What fun is that? The whole fulfillment is, Oh, look, I'm at level 300,000. You've not <laughs> played the game. You just tap the screen for three hours. I don't know. I, I have that where I like watching my character go up and I like, I like getting newer and better um, 
weapons and spells all the time. And in fact, where I get to a game where I'm just doing only going in and not necessarily making progress, or like that there's only certain boss monsters left to beat and they're next to impossible. And so I kind of keep that I'm throwing myself at a cliff. That game loses its fascination for me. Somehow yeah. that those little incremental advances that make games incredibly addictive, when I get to that point of I'm not getting the same charge out of this thing I'm jonesing for, I kind of like, you know, I, I guess I got to service my addiction somewhere else as opposed to, oh, the game isn't any good anymore. You know what I mean? I, I'm aware right. that it's not it's not pushing my button anymore for but the I, little sugar water and I'm a rat, you know what right. I mean? So, But I think that's the, the, the issue with some of these games is they're only the reward. The gameplay is okay. so downplayed. The whole goal is to get that reward and they really are into that, you know, Oh, the six second vine video. If it's longer than six seconds, I don't have time for it. You know, Whereas I, that to me is like, that's a nothing. There's hardly ever yeah. a thing that I've seen that lasts just six seconds. That's like, I can't wait to see that again. It's more like, that's as if I just drove by a Christmas display on a house. I know I don't back up to go look at it again because it was so perfect. Right. Oh, well, <laughs> well, Hey, okay. Slight shift of gear, but this yeah. popped in my head, reminded me, um, you sh here's something you really should look up on YouTube to watch for Christmas. It's very Christmassy. It is a group called for King and country. Uh, I'm not sure if they're a little Christian, if they're a uh, country or that, whatever. They sound great. Okay. Yeah. So they're called for King and country. Okay. They have a live version of little drummer boy that they recorded in Phoenix. You, you really need to watch that version first. I'm just recommending the, the viewing. Uh, they okay. do have an official video of it, but the live version in Phoenix is 300 times so good. Fantastic. Uh, well, we, if you don't mind, I'm, I'm looking a little distracted because I'm actually looking at the point. Up. I'm taking a note. No, I'm not. I'm, I, <laughs> oh, look. I don't want to be distracted to the point of watching right. it, but I always, I, 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 another window that I keep open is my notes taking teach text or yes. whatever the simplest <laughs> word processor that I have. And that's where it's like, Colleen mentions that we need cream. And it's that, you know, I, I, I have a thing where hey, I just Google. have all the bits of life <laughs> that I used to just be able to remember everything, but now I offload that. So I don't yeah. have to try yeah. to remember oh, yeah. everything that I am hearing for the next 48 hours. I, I have to remember it for the two seconds it takes to type it. Yes. That's what technology <laughs> you know? is good for. Yeah. But the, actually you remember it better when you type it than when you just hear it. Cause then you yes. activate different, you know, or somatically holographically parts of your brain, it, you know, and not, and not even that it, it, writing it or typing it, but then rereading it over and even speaking it out loud while you read it, speaking it out loud too. That's Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And then okay. you'll remember it. Then you don't have to have it written down. So it's kind of the time travel paradox. If you type it <laughs> and read it to remember it, you won't have to use the note because you'll re actually remember it. So you don't right. need to officially do the note. But if you don't do the note, then, yeah, okay, you know. I'm, I'm willing to, 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 you know, my brain, I get that it works in different ways. And that the more that I can, like, especially just saying something three times you know i know that's like an old wives tale type thing but Beetle that juice. has occasionally worked when i meet someone and i really need to remember their yeah. name because i'm usually not great about names then i really is like okay karen 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 and i try to think of the archetypal karen and then picture her or whatever you know what i mean all the right. mnemonic tricks that you can have for that so can i rhyme something with it you know i met karen in uh mclaren or something right. i don't know i <laughs> so okay yep. so for king country is acapella or it's no um, it no, is not acapella okay. no they are right. not but 
uh, it's just an, I, I'm not going to spoil it. Uh, just Thank go you. watch the video. Uh, I, I, I think you guys will enjoy it. It's, it's my Christmas discovery this year. It's my like, Oh, just like yeah. a couple years ago, uh, straight note chaser, uh, when yes. I discovered them and pentatonics, I really do. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I, I know I've mentioned this multiple times. I love it when someone tells me like, Hey, you wouldn't find this on your own. You might not stumble onto this, but trust me, I discovered this and I have to share it with you. I love those recommendations much more than I yeah. like what's trending. What do the most people like? Cause not to be weird. My taste is not often the public's taste. It's and I find that either. lowest common denominator recommendation is like, really people have watched this 10 times i couldn't stand it two-thirds of the way through right once. you know what I mean? right it's like tv advertising now that we're occasionally watching we're trying to watch a lot of jeopardy because alex is going uh, yep, yep boy sitting through crap commercials for cars and drugs just it's like we, we tune in during the olympics as well we're just reminded of america gets bathed in this crap every yeah. single day how, how do they do it? How do they yeah. not turn into must have new car for Christmas? Well, who does that? Ha, who, you, how did that become a Christmas gift? Right. A car. And, and have anyway. you noticed, I don't know if it's the economy, if it's the way the world is, but car commercials now, they're offering things like $12,000 off MSRP and seven-year loans. I'm like, oh my God, what the heck? I'm like, oh, Partly because I think cars are lasting a little longer, or at least people are keeping them longer. So they have to get people in somehow. So it's like, well, we can give it to you for $120, but you're going to be paying for it for the rest of your right. life. Right. The real cost, because of all the interest, is phenomenal. It's twice yeah. as much as what the car costs. Yeah. And actually, SNL just had a very fun fake advertisement about that, about someone getting a car for Christmas and the wife going... <laughs> What, what in the world are you thinking? So, it, and, and, it, and it, of course, it's great improv in terms of it doesn't just start there. It heightens and worsens. And you know what I mean? Right. It gets crazier and crazier. So I, it's course. funny that that was a particular thing of mine that I mentioned to Colleen. And then when we discovered that, it's like, I guess I'm not the only one really perturbed <laughs> by this barrage yes. of commercials. Oh, a car with a bow on it. Again yeah. and again. Well, oh, of wow. course, the, 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 the really, I saw a cute one where the guy got a vehicle for his girlfriend but he had two new vehicles out there and she went to the truck that he wanted for himself that yeah, one's I, funny I just, I, so you're right you know out, out of the morass of garbage that one she goes i love it and claims it you know what i mean <laughs> right. Does this, that we laugh at that often i was amazed during the olympics when we we're watching like a coke commercial that's just so charming and sweet and every time it's like i, I don't know why but i don't mind hearing the entire world singing about having a coke yes it's got a great good that. feel to it or something yep. like or, or the <laughs> apple commercial with frankenstein uh, a couple years ago where he put in the christmas bulbs and saying that's a good <laughs> like one that, exactly. um, my my other favorite one this year and you watch the commercial and you have no idea that it's a car commercial but it's this truck driver and he has one of those stuffed animals uh, on the front of his truck and he's driving through a blizzard and this poor stuffed animal is getting beat by the snow and right. just draggled down <laughs> so when he stops at the rest area the animal like escapes and like tries to is like trying to crawl across the parking lot and some little girl comes out and picks it up and says oh and takes it to love it and it's an audi commercial i'm like what <laughs> right well so that they don't have to sell you the car they have to sell you the wonderful feeling right. yep. that you then associate with audi because that boy that's a whole discussion we have oh yeah really about advertising and how it, you know, there was a couple of books, maybe, wow, 50 years ago, like Subliminal Seduction, where yes. they talked about, you know, we're going to embed skulls and sex and whatever else it might be. And we're going to fool people. You don't have to fool people at all. Once you become 
manipulatively perfect about yeah. that person looks just like the person that I want to become. And they happen to use this particular shaver. Do you know what I mean? Yep. It's just the, the way that they do the association and the, and the feel good and the feel bad, you know, I, I never would have realized how much I needed this until that guy <laughs> lost his job and his wife and his life because he didn't write, wear the right shirt or well, whatever. You we know? need to, we need to make that a whole topic. Cause I've got a couple things I've learned and done on that. Exactly. Uh, but since okay. it's Christmas week, uh, we've mentioned a few little things. So what are some great gifts that you've either received or given uh, throughout the years? What's it's, some good stuff? And, and, and as you know, when we talked about, it, it's like, I think that there's like a, a Christmas as a, as a geek is a really fun thing <laughs> because I don't know, conventional Christmas is wonderful. Of course, it's the spirit of giving and it's, you know, everybody gathered together and all that kind of stuff. But when you're a geek and you have passions and someone yes. can be aware of them, it's extraordinary. For instance, as a collector, most people are scared of getting me anything because they figure they don't know what I have and don't have. And to, yeah. to rifle shot something into my collection is not easy. But once in a while, it will be that they're aware that I really like Emerson, Lake and Palmer and that Rhino just came out with a box set. And so probably they're going to beat me. And in fact, my Colleen and my family will often say like moratorium. How about from like November, right. December, you don't buy anything. That's what so we, we do too. A shot at getting yeah. something. Right. And so I have, uh, uh, we, Colleen is from a big family. We've often done um, Secret Santa nowadays instead of everybody getting everybody something so that it's like 13 people exchanging 13 things. And it's just, it's a, a, a maze of keeping track of what and money and whatever else it might be. We usually make it that everybody gets a name out of a hat and then they treat that person really right. And that, the you know, the, the crossover, make sure that everybody is gifted. So I often will post myself, like, because I know that none of you really know all of what I have and it's extensive. Here's things that somehow, and this is a weird thing with me, I have little rules. The reason that I've managed to accumulate things is because instead of buying a CD for 15 bucks when it comes out, I wait for it to come down to like seven, yeah. you know, half price and less. And then if you do that and you're omnivorous like I am, eventually you outlast the world. Somebody <laughs> will put it on sale used or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? There'll be a cutout in the old vinyl days and stuff like that. But even then there's some that never seem to go to that place. And so I have this list of, I've always wanted these um, Manfred Mann, Alan Parsons project, uh, uh, Jethro tells certain albums that I, Rick Wakeman, that I haven't, I won't get them for myself because they break my rule. Oh, I want it so much. And so if I make that list available for Christmas, my Christmas has been spectacularly good a couple of times where people just, here's Criminal Record, this Rick Wakeman album that was not even available for a long time. And now here it is. And I've listened to it 20 times since I got it probably two years ago. And a, a couple of years ago, I got a whole bunch of like Manfred Mann, like I mentioned, there's a whole great series from the late seventies with, um, uh, blinded by let's see no roaring silence and watch and you know, i can kind of name them and they're just how he isn't a bigger artist than he is in terms of hits and stuff like that every one of the springsteen remakes that he's done is great but without going obviously too much into detail like i do <laughs> it's just very cool to be like i had there was a three book set by joe abercrombie that was um, the first law trilogy and they were um, not mass market paperbacks you know the, the little guys but um uh, what would you call it? You know, uh, like a bigger form factor. Instead of being a pocket book, they were bigger, and so therefore they were more expensive. Same with the Dexter books. I kept yeah. wanting them, and I kept saying, 
I kind of want a paperback for eight bucks, not 15. It's kind of weird that that's the same. They know psychologically, there's got to be some weird <laughs> price point going on there. And so when someone finally gets me that, it's just like, man, I've just jonesed for this. I've waited for this so long. It's just so satisfying to like, you take the plastic off and you're yeah. like sniffing it and rubbing right. it. <laughs> which, is, I, I, which is exactly why I love uh, going into these stores for comics or records or CDs and searching for it rather than just getting yes. on eBay. There, there's that that feeling and that search. I mean, I've got comic collections where yeah. I've had to search for them at shows and just dig for them, you know, and people the are like, treasure well, hunt is a big part of it. I agree. Yes, That's, absolutely. Yeah. Plus the fact that your tastes are a little unique compared to the norm, especially, you know, within families and exactly. they have to think a little bit more about it and actually go try to find something that's exactly what you want. I think actually people enjoy doing that. So they're more actually more likely to spend time searching for your gifts, you know, rather than the, Oh, I got to get something from my coworker. Here's a candle. Yay. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Sometimes I will say, you know, I'm pretty sure a lot of these are on Amazon. And so if you want to take the easy path, go ahead. It's just that, you know, I, I, yeah. but, but when they, when somebody has gotten me something that I know isn't available like that, I am impressed as hell that they went to a used bookstore or went to some other place yeah. that they found this particular, like I, I, and, and it, so I'm, it's kind of funny that sounded really um, kind of self-centered and greedy. I get such joy out of it. That I wanted to share the joy, but really I will love when I'm able to, you know, that reference you made in yeah. March. Yes. I oh, I love I jotted that. it down. I have happily done that for Colleen so many times. She really likes certain authors. Like she really likes Kurt Vonnegut. And when I've been able to find, she has them all, but then they keep on putting out sneaky new Kurt Vonnegut's where it's like, Oh, here's a collection of the letters to his girlfriend when he was in the service or whatever else right. it might be. And it isn't the same impact as one of his great books, but if you're kind of a Vonnegut completist, you love his voice as an author. Right. I've gotten her her a couple things, Laura Ingalls Wilder, you know, all the little house uh, on the prairie books are, are all published and for a long time, but they'll come out with, here's the little house on the prairie cookbook, you know, that, right. that does all the recipes that are mentioned in the books. So we regularly make like our sauerkraut with ribs thing includes apples and onions because little Almanzo, Almanzo used to really love apples and onions. And so, you know what I mean? It's just, that's it, great. she's so happy to be that little bit of childhood, delight yeah. is now brought forward into an and, adult and that i really did listen that like i don't really care for the yes. in the prairie books but i love colleen and so i try to give her things that i know will just every time she thinks about it be like, well isn't that nice yeah <laughs> isn't that yeah it, and so. i always like finding you know i've always tried to get something unique and special um for and i think it's the kids it's rubbing off of even my stepkids that i've only known for like three christmases yeah. that they've gone from well i'm just gonna go to the store and buy everybody candy and that's it i'm done and it's like eh, now they're like excited because they went out and searched for something and got something for everybody that everybody'd like exactly. and and gina this year her biggest thrill was finding things for colin because he likes green lantern now out of all the heroes green lantern's not exactly the lowest of the low but there's not as much as like batman or superman well, he's not in the trinity of batman superman, yes. wonder woman he's next tier down exactly. yeah okay. you know so she had a wonderful time she couldn't stop I mean, it's like, oh, there's a toy store. Let's go check it out. And do you see anything cool. Green Lantern? And it's like, yeah. stop. We got enough for him. <laughs> He's good. Uh, but she really enjoyed doing that this year. And I, I get a kick out of that. And all the kids now, except 
you know, Jason and Adam, they're all working. So okay. they all said, Oh, I've got money. I'm, and they actually said, I'm going to go find Christmas gifts for people. And they're excited. They can't wait to give them to others. And I think that's, you know, great for everybody to think that way. Honestly, that really is, you know, I don't know. One of the joys that I had when I was first working, I started working when I was like 15, you know, I was doing um, dog walking and long <laughs> babysitting, whatever else I could do through the youth employment service, you know, the, the before you could legally work, they still right. had places where you could do things privately. But then once I had my job at Corky's, which is kind of a Burger King type place, and then at Walgreens, <laughs> it was just so nice to be able to have a little bit of money. And yeah, I don't know, I would always get, you know, at least you know something for everybody member of my family and for my, my, my best friends too. We, we, liked a lot of the same things and so this is kind of funny you know colleen and i still do this there's nothing wrong with getting something that you know after they're done reading it you might want to read it too well, you know yeah I, mean? so- I always joke about that i always exactly. say the best gifts are the ones that you would enjoy you know i'll get it for my kids so when they're asleep i can use it <laughs> exactly well but like yeah colleen and i both we we love humor and so Many, many are the humor books that we've gotten from, wow, Dave Barry, Jim Kafka, oh, yeah. uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and I got to look around for Colleen. <laughs> um, one of the things I did this year was I, I I tried to find things that I was pretty sure she might not have because they're older and more obscure. So there's, she loves poetry. And so I tried to look for what's that cool intersection of like Ogden Nash wrote really witty poems. So did Cool. Edward Edmund Lear. Um, uh, and so I got her a couple things that are like, you kind of have to go to antiquarian bookstores to find. And I'm not looking necessarily for a first edition, but they're just not even in print available because their time has passed. And it's like a scholarly interest, but it's not a bestseller interest anymore. But I got her a whole right. bunch of cool stuff like that. That's I cool. often like try to get music that uh, she really likes. Um, less she loves prog rock but she also likes individual vocalists and mine tend more towards the folk and her so i was able to say well if i don't know enough about what's out in their market i know at least when i've heard adele she has a great voice and some great songs and so out of my own curiosity and also because i thought she really might like it i've really managed to like not be sure so once in a while it's kind of cool to get a gift that you're hoping it's not a certainty and then when it really hits it's like yes you know what i mean i I broke the code (laughs) yes or it's like uh oh you like metallica well guess what i found a string quartet playing metallica merry christmas you know little things like that exactly nobody knows what Which I is got. apocalyptica as i recall yes I it couple, is very good i have a couple apocalyptic yeah, albums as a matter of fact good uh so kudos by the way for knowing that sabotage morphed into trans <laughs> orchestra when someone mentioned that and it's like well actually i i knew it and i mentioned it on on relentless geeker and they were like oh you are the best so <laughs> that's excellent yeah um so what i did this year is I didn't get a a physical thing and she doesn't know this. None of the kids know it unless they're listening to me right now. I got us tickets to the supernatural convention in June over in Chicago. And it's very cool. Tickets are 250 a piece and it's for the whole weekend. I'm not saying that because it's it's not a $40 wizard world. It's a big thing. It's a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. And she's always wanted to go and the season, the series just ended. They've moved on to other shows. So who knows? They may do more of these, but probably less and less stars as time goes by. I'm thinking this one's going to be big because everyone knows. Everyone will be there. Yes. And it's after COVID, hopefully. You know, I might have to like go. Yeah. say june of next year and hopefully june. we'll all be man- unmasked so we can actually yeah. be in a convention center yeah okay so 
that that I, I'm excited to give That's that to idea. her. Yeah. She she guessed everything. She's like, did you get me a puppy? I'm like, yes, I wrapped a puppy and put it under the tree already. Yeah, yeah. Said, did you get me a camper? Do you see a camper in the yard? <laughs> With a big bow on it. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's funny. That was a great segue because Colleen and I have started to do similar things. You know, it, it's nice to get things. And yet, boy, we have a house full of things and we have right. so many things that, like we were saying, you kind of have to go, how obscure do I have to get with Kurt Vonnegut to get her something new? <laughs> and I've read, it's kind of funny. I really do read how the world works, how people work and try to be more in line with that. So what does happiness come from? Not necessarily the one who dies with the most toys wins, which right. held me pretty well for a long time. But it's experiences. Yes. It's memories. You're going to do something. It's the memories of what you did. It's the anticipation of going to do it. You know, so when we've done our vacations, so much of it has not just been, we went to South Dakota and saw all these cool things. It was the planning and what would you like to do? And I'll make a map and we'll see how many of these we can get to. And then it's while you're doing it, it's, we, we tend to not be on a very strict schedule. We tend to be, we know where we're staying, but we can do whatever we want. And depending on how much stamina yeah. we have, we can fit in the corn, corn palace and the Viking boat and the badlands and you know that kind of stuff so having said that and mockingly unfortunately last christmas i gave her a nice card that was pretty much a map of the world and i said you know we're at 41 out of 50 48 out of 50 state capitals we've kind of done the united states i think it's we're we're now um out of debt totally financially stable we're 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 getting where we still have our health and now have the ability to travel with more vacation Let's start to think about things we've talked about and making them real. Let's go to Rome and go to London and go to Paris and just do Europe in a big way. What are the places in South America? Machu Picchu and go to um, Iguazu Falls and, you know, go to New Zealand and Australia. And there's certain places. It's not everywhere in the world. It's, and, and maybe I want to be in like the six continent club. Antarctica does nothing for me. I'd be able to say I've been to all seven, but like what, what's, it. what's there that's, you know, it's like being in a big frozen desert. And I don't know that that has a fascination for me like it does for some people. Right. But having said that, when we just started, like she, of course, loved the idea. We had talked many times. So we actually made like a bucket list of places all, and not only nice. places, but things you got to go at a certain time. Cause if you're going to go to this particular rose uh, blossom festival, it's like, you know, April of that year of each, whatever it might be. And then COVID hit, yeah. you know, we had this wonderful, let's get going, let's start doing this. And then as of March, it was no clamp, 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 right. the world. We can't go there. Let's go to this wonderful place and spend the first two weeks in our hotel room in quarantine. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that dream has been not canceled, but pushed back a bit. But that experience of look where we are, man, we're at Stonehenge. Look where we are. Yeah. We're at, we're at the, the, the Berlin wall fallen and here's the pyramids. And here's, I just, I want to go to Victoria falls. I want to go to angel falls. I want to go to, you know what I mean? There's, there's places. And, and of course, it's not only the obvious touristy stuff. It's like, where's that place that looks like a hole into hell in Afghanistan or whatever right, it is. In right. Turkey? Right. I, yeah. I yeah. want to be on like, I can go to Hawaii and be on like the lip of a volcano. And didn't That's, one of them just erupt? the advisory in hawaii is hey everybody stay indoors not like <laughs> oh my god volcano get off the island we're all gonna die i don't know how people can live next to a volcano right but anyway 
So, Didn't you guys see Pompeii? Uh, you know, staying indoors, maybe not the best advice. Yeah. But experience-wise, it isn't even the big things. It's like we love comedy festivals, and so we've been to multiple. And the ones that we go back to every year, it's because it was the perfect combination of enough acts, the ease of getting around. The city itself is cool to explore during the day before the comedy kicks in at night. So Toronto, Montreal, Chicago, Vegas, we've, we've had a wonderful time. And, and because after a while, we also have a little bit the same novelty gene it's like where well, where haven't we been how about miami has a good one new york tribeca has a good one but how about that heartland one that's like where johnny carson grew up or nice. we've been to the national comedy center so I, I i don't mean to go on too much except when you start investigating it's very cool to see how many of these there are and then depending on when you can go during the year or the price you want to spend or a city you haven't explored yet, we'll be able to find very interesting combos of that that will keep us going until, well, now we can't get around as easily and it's time <laughs> to calm the heck down. But that's not going to be, I don't know, 20 or 30 years. I, right. if, if you can still walk, you can still go to all these cool things. Yeah. And with technology and, and medicine and all that, yeah, people are living longer, living healthier. Uh, so, exactly. yeah, it's not, oh, I'm 60. Well, last couple of years, not at all anymore. In fact, I, I think I mentioned a couple of times the, the talk I'm starting to give is about how our kids being born now are going to probably live to 100, 105. And that's going to be average. And they're going to work into their 80s instead of into their 60s. So their, their, their job life is going to be completely different than ours. Uh, you know, so being able to go visit things and go on vacation, uh, you know, well, I'll retire when I'm 80. That sounds so weird, but that's just what it's going to be. Yeah. So or else it'll be like partial work for all their life without having to be, yes. I worked until I dropped and then I was yes. able to go do things in retirement and stuff and, like that. And that's you know what I mean. And it's, they're noticing a trend uh, more so with the 20 age group that they don't want to own a house. They don't want to own a car. They don't want to have loans and uh, stuff. They, they take their money and they go experience things. Converted into experiences. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and, yeah. and, you know, good or bad. If I have a, a music album that I want, I, I want the album. That's how we grew up. I love having it. If they decide yeah. to take it off Spotify, I still have it. But the 20 year olds are like, why would I want to own an album that clutters things up? If I'm in a rented apartment, I may have to move. So I'll just use Spotify, listen to the same album. And, right. you know, so they have different thoughts and values and stuff, which is cool to look at and, and see. But they're, you know, they're like, so what if uh, I'm not hired by that company? I can do five jobs right from my phone and then go enjoy the weekend surfing in Hawaii. You know, that's their that's way right. of thinking. I'll tell you, I, I'm, I'm a little jealous of that because yes. for as much as I've been able to get more and more untethered, you know, that I really can't work from anywhere as long as I have a net connection. So right. in small ways, I do it because when Colleen goes to one of her uh, business clients or a conference, I go and work out of the hotel room and then we're able to spend time in the evenings. So that kind of thing. But it's also, I don't know, I go to my pinball show and I really, <laughs> and not only me, but all kinds of people are like, hey, we'll join you on this cool thing. We might have to do some stuff during the day and be a little bit distracted, stay in contact, handle my email and stuff like that. But we're going to be there for the comedy thing yeah. in, the, in the evening or something. And that just seems like 
for those of us who can be road warriors like that, what a great combination of, I could live anywhere. Why not live in Hawaii in paradise? Right. Why not live in a mountain cabin as long as I have a good connection? Why not just go on the road? It used to be a big thing when you read about road trip America, the people that yeah, yeah, yeah. sell their house, buy the RV, and they, they wrote about it because it was such a big adventure. Now I think that there's all kinds of people that are doing that. Right. In fact, sadly, some people are being forced to do it because they lost their <laughs> job. And, and, but then, and they like go where, where seasonal work is. I'm going to work at the national parks during the summer. I'm going to work for Amazon during December, whatever else. Right. Might be. Or, or the, be... the, the food vendors at the, the um, fairs every year, we were talking about that. I'm like, that would be an interesting life. Yeah. Yeah. If I was, you know, go to Renaissance fairs, go to art yeah. festivals. It would be fun to get the whole list of what that is around the United States and not be a deadhead where I follow that particular band, but just kind of like, I don't know why, you know, it's kind of funny. I don't know that I'm really that rootless. I tend to like having my castle and my castle full of my stuff and that kind of thing. But I guess just phases of life, like I said, this is kind of a sad thing in, in some ways. I kind of want if it really is about who won, who dies with the most toys wins, we've laughed about, you know, have you ever spent so much on a comic book that you should have bought a car instead? <laughs> right. I got to that point where the things I was missing were really difficult. And I just was like, you know, I think I'm going to do other things with my money that right. finally get Fantastic Four number three or whatever else it might be. And, and so in in all these other ways of being rootless, it really has been that I've always liked having my place that I can close the door and you know, me and my wife and my dog and whatever else it might be. But now that I really have done that successfully, I really am like the things we've talked about for experience leads to more happiness. Some part of me, it's kind of funny. I don't want to, I don't, um, some part of what Colleen are talking about in semi-retirement and then retirement is not necessarily give up our house and go elsewhere, but take up a residency go to some place oh, yeah. for three months. And if you're in Europe with the way that the Eurail system works and everything else, if you're just in Europe without having to worry about the travel from the United States to Europe, you can make it to tons of places right. in at like just by hopping Hours. on the train and distances are so much smaller in Europe and the borders are permeable. And so I like, Every weekend, let's go to that one club in the Netherlands that has all those prog rock bands. <laughs> and you know what I mean? And every great city, we, I have 20 great cities that I want to see. And in three months, in 90 days, I could easily get to all 20. You know, it's not only Paris, right. Rome, London. It's, you should go to uh, Munich and Berlin. You should go to Turin. And uh, you know what I mean? I, I just, there's, so we're talking about doing that, about maybe, you know, if we get a way to, to kind of, Batten the house down, make sure that it's being watched so that it doesn't get flooded, doesn't get <laughs> broken into or anything like that. But just go away for even not even that long. Go to Chautauqua and take one of those like language courses that where, hey, John Irving is going to teach how to write a book. You know what I mean? I, wow, John Irving. Okay. Aline loves him. Great author. Let's go to Martha's Vineyard and hang out with him for two weeks. Right. To, uh, those kinds of workshops and I don't think they're just dalliances. I think it really is interest that we've had all of our life. And it would really be cool to, hey, we're going to the Will Shorts boot camp and learn how to make crossword puzzles. How cool. That to would be, be cool. like the best guy in the world or this particular place. Like here's where the bears are eating all the fish up in Alaska. I'm going to go do that for a week. I'm going to just going to relax yeah. for a month and see 
a little bear become a big bear. (laughs) And oh, well, I just we're we're talking uh, our bucket list has grown with all of the wouldn't it be cool ifs that we've thrown out there. You know, do we want to do any kind of not just a cruise like, oh, God, eat yourself until you're eat until you're stuck. But more like, where do we want to cruise to? I would say let's go to ancient sites you know if this place touches all around the mediterranean so that you go ashore at the parthenon or you go ashore at right. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's inland but you know right. what i mean <laughs> Man, like i don't know i the the pyramids and ziggurats tour you know what i mean yeah. i want to go see some things on camel america i want to go see some things in, in the, near the mediterranean and anyway I, yeah i i, I and my, my kids roll their eyes at me because i've become that old man that always talks about the past and telling stories <laughs> but it's like part of it is you guys you know here's the point is i've already done all these things i can have stories and do all these things whereas you guys want to sit in your room and play games on tablets <laughs> you know yeah. get out there and go do stuff you know there's more things me and gina want to do and we got plans of things we want to do and go and see once everything's over here um but i mean i've already had some really great experiences and that's what i think the kids miss sometimes they, they, they don't have as many stories <laughs> You know, that's, you know, I'll tell you, I'm really the guy, probably you too, that should be wearing the t-shirt that says, yeah, I may be a little bit older, but I saw all the cool bands. I actually you know do have I mean? it. Uh, my kids <laughs> so, got that shirt for me. <laughs> I really did see, you know, Led Zeppelin and Jethro Tull and you know what I mean? And like, I don't know, I, the ones, the few that I missed, like Jimi Hendrix were just before my time, oh. but I've seen Los Lobos like earlier in their career at a club. You know, when you see a great band, when there's like 200 people in the place, it's in a different experience than oh, seeing yeah. in the stadium and, and all kinds Everybody's of people down under. That about. Yeah. And, and so another thing that we've been talking about is the experiences that we want to have are sometimes we, we like knowing that it's not um, what everybody wants to do because then you're not competing with prices, tickets, uh, the mass of people that are trying to get to do that. So everybody wants to see the Grand Canyon. We've done that. But if you start looking into, let's do some science tourism, you know, what would it be like to go to Los Alamos and see where the atomic bomb was worked on? Let's go see the very large array. Let's go and and literary tourism. You know, let's go see where Edgar Allan Poe was born and where Louis L'Amour wrote. And I'm saying some things that we've already seen, but it's exactly, you look into those books, it's like, but there's some stuff like right around here. How have I lived within 20 minutes of, you know, this president's birthplace and I haven't done it, but then you just start looking around the world and there's all kinds of cool, let's go to the large Hadron Collider. Let's go to, and it might be like, okay, it's all underground. So (laughs) I don't know. Am I allowed in there? Maybe (laughs) some things are kind of a wash, but there's, there's so many cool things that when you start looking into it, we've, we've been places where they were like, it's Tuesday and they've had no visitors and they like take you behind the scenes. I think yeah, talked yeah, about yeah. various different libraries. If you seek them out, they're just like, thank God you're here. You know, we got a cool program, but not enough people take advantage of it. We will be happy to give you the personalized tour of the Frank Frazetta museum. Yeah. Yes. We would love that. Exactly. Thank you very much. Our, our, one of our big things on the, the bucket list is to volunteer and go like on an archeology span dig for yeah. a week or so gina would just die to do that she you know she'd sit there all day sifting sand <laughs> i'll tell you you know we've been to a couple we've been to dinosaur national monument and a couple other places where they actually had like dinosaur bones in situ like in the rocks you take a path and you can like touch a thigh bone nice. and that's it's just such a cool collect connection to the past you, you walk along the grand canyon and they have signs saying at this point you're 
200 million years old. Now it's right. 220. Now it's 240. It's like the mind boggles because those numbers are so big. Right. But you really can see the difference in the kind of rock. And they explain. So you had your big, you know, your river washed through here and it eroded this, but this was harder. And so that's why it stayed. And just there's, there's something very cool about archaeology to, yeah. to give you deep past and a look into the future that you get from doing astronomy that really gives you just the universe is a big long place <laughs> yes. and it teaches you you know the fact that we're insignificant that we're so small but we can think about these things meaning our you know sentient life can actually contemplate how did we start and how how what happened four billion years ago when the earth first formed you know how did we cool what happened to create life all that kind of stuff right i love the fact that we're that we have that incredible luck and privilege of being able to get our minds around those big numbers and those big events and things like that. Well, it's, and even, you know, connecting it, the, the memories, the things sometimes that you can do that people don't care and they're not interested. For example, the Christmas star right now, uh, Jupiter and Saturn, the closest they've been in our viewpoint in for 600 years. Or yeah, something. exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And what a couple of years ago we had the uh, eclipse, you know, there's not another one for like three more years and we have to travel to go see it or whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, actually, it, so we, we actually drove down to Tennessee to get yes. into the path of, you know, largest incident, long, longest duration and longest uh, or, or deepest occlusion, if you will. And we actually don't have to travel far. The path of this, this next one, one in comes 2024 right. comes right through our right. neighborhood. So yeah. we're probably going to be doing it as like a Mensa party out at Nick and Kelly's. And you know what I mean? And, and we have to restrict numbers because we can't crush their farm you know <laughs> right, what i mean right, can't right. make max yesger's farm but, out of it but uh <laughs> but i mean all you gotta do is walk outside and sit there for a little while and people don't do that you know and i'm just like why are you missing this i remember once when the kids were little uh finding out that the space station was going to be going right over where we live and i woke them up at like midnight they were like eight years old and said come on we gotta go outside and they're like okay great it's a blinking thing but that's the space station you know exactly that's people up there not here on earth right you know what i mean (laughs) you know it's little things like that you got to take advantage of sometimes that's partly what leads to a fulfilling life and bring it, you know, not all the Christmas presents, not all the physical, you know, the, the, the kids have learned it's, it's as joyful and fun to get that gift for somebody and watch them open it as it is to say, well, here's the five things I want. Cause that that was something we, we discussed when we were first together is the way they did it was, well, give me your list of five things. I'll get at least the top two or three and, and wrap them up, give them to you. I'm like, well, yeah. what fun is that? And right. she's, and I like her argument is, well, what if you get them something they don't like? Well, right. But that kind of goes with the territory. It takes a lot of the joy out of, ooh, ah, Christmas is fun and not. And then the other thing we had to get against is the way we've always done it is basically we're opening one present at a time and enjoying opening presents. And we've yes. actually stopped and gone to do other things and come back to finish opening presents later in the day. Whereas what they were more used to was, okay, everyone jump into the tree, pull A out all your presents. frenzy. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and we're done in 20 minutes and everyone go back to bed. I'm like, no, that kind of misses the joy. I'm not doing that. You know? So, We've I always think, done the former, like in, in my smaller family, we always did, everybody took turns and everybody oohed and odd over what they were getting. Yeah. And, you know, just there's conversation, everybody sipping hot chocolate, yes. everybody enjoying, you know, and then, hey, who's going to open the one that people who might have run out early 
then you get to open the one for the cat and for the dog that I always put out yes. there because the cat should have some catnip and the we dog do should it have too. some chew toy. Exactly. Yeah. So. <laughs> they get stockings. <laughs> so yeah. In fact, I've learned to not put the catnip in the tree because the cat will climb the tree and bring <laughs> yes. the tree freaking down in yes. order to get their nip. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, so a joy for me this year is Adam was deeply allergic to pine. And oh so okay. we haven't had a pine tree since I've known Gina. Now, I've had an artificial tree, but I was getting real trees with Colin and Megan. We actually went out to a farm and cut one once. And cut one. I've you never know, done that. That's a cool experience. Again, there's yeah. an experience. Why yeah. don't you know yeah. people do it? But so we took Adam to allergy testing and he's not allergic to pine. So we told him, get it through your head that if we get a real tree, you're not going to die. And that's our thing. Now we want to get a real tree. You know, okay. and, and I said, if we're going to do it, we're taking everybody out in the cold. We're going to take a damn saw and we're going to cut it down. Exactly. I said, because that's, you know, they're not going to tell people, oh, yeah, we pulled the artificial tree out of the attic and set it up. Nobody cares. Oh, the whole family went out and it was snowing and we had hot chocolate and the saw and it broke and we had to like shake the tree to break it. The You know, whatever. <laughs> right. That's... We had to find a way to strap it to the car to get it home. <laughs> Thank you, you know, Griswold. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, I don't know if we've talked about, you know, we, we, I always buy a live tree now dead, of course, but you know, I, I, I've never liked the artificial as much as I like the scent of it and the feel. I love Douglas firs because they're a combination of really good sturdy branches and soft needles. I hate getting poked again and again, <laughs> as you put the, but we love doing our tree because one of the things we've done in our marriage, is we've gotten ornaments as the right um, you, you know the, the, the take home if you will from all kinds of places and so when we decorate the tree it's wonderful nostalgia fast of remember we were in bar harbor for our honeymoon and then here's you know the one for vegas caesar's greetings you know that right? kind of stuff <laughs> and and i don't know it it's so much we don't rush through it. We take an entire evening to like, you know, we put all the unique ones on first and then we put, oh, we have all different kinds of colors and shinies and, you know, first the lights go on actually, but then all, and it just, when, when we get done, it's like, wow, this is just beautiful. And every time you come down the stairs, especially if it's dark in the morning and the tree is what's offering light to the room, it's like Charles Dickens beautiful. Do you know what yeah, I mean? It's yeah. just so satisfying to be, we really did a beautiful thing again this year. This is just so heartening or something you know <laughs> we also well and this is you know another life lesson i guess my father loved to decorate for christmas but and and this is a subtle thing and you don't really recognize it till you're a part of it but he liked to decorate because then he could tell everybody, well, look what I decorated. Look what I did. It was Boy. very, it was a very self-centered way of doing it. It never involved everybody. It was always, he wanted to do it, his stuff, his way. And I'm like, as I got older, I'm like, well, that kind of defeats the whole purpose, takes the fun out of it. You know, yeah, the and whole it, family should be involved. Yes. No? Yeah. And, and yes, it looked nice and people would come in and go, Ooh, ah, but it was always, well, I did this and uh, this is what I, and I, and I started realizing as I got older, I'm like, that's, I, I, it could be three ornaments, but if we did them all together, that's much more special. So exactly. we've made a point and we still have a lot of my father's decorations, both the yeah. wood cutouts in the yard, the garland, but we, get the kids involved and we all put them up and we don't necessarily do it. So it's picture perfect. We don't do it. So it's color coordinated, you know, we put them up and that looks nice and we keep going. And, and, yeah. and this year I cut out a bunch of paper snowflakes and we hung them all over and you would think <laughs> paper snowflakes is tacky, but when you get like a hundred of them, it really does look special and has it's a nice cool. effect. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
Actually, so. that's its own kind of cool thing. You know, when you fold something like that and do a couple of cuts, then you open it up and it's like, well, how beautiful, fractal, cool is yes. that? Yes. Yeah. Know, symmetric and beautiful. I love that. Yeah. That really, that checks a lot of boxes for what I think is beautiful. Symmetry yeah. and, and complexity <laughs> and et cetera, et cetera. You know, I You're right. Those too. And it's simple and you could do it while yeah. watching something. And, you know, everybody can do their own snowflakes. So exactly. I liked it. I gotta tell you, my experience with my parents was wonderful by that meaning they so much of what I do now, it's because we did that growing up. Uh, we do advent calendars, we, how yeah. we decorate the tree. My mom used to talk about that her father was much maybe like as you describe yours, that he would actually be in their big room decorating the tree all by himself. And then the kids would have to like line up and sing a couple Christmas songs in order to be, <laughs> then the doors open and everybody gets to rush in and see the cool tree. And this is back when they actually had like candles, like candle wow. candles on the tree. And so wonderful Christmas memories, but she didn't like the fact that the kids didn't get to participate, that it right. wasn't the full experience. So growing up, we always helped put on the ornaments and the tinsel. We always helped like make macaroni wreaths or bake yeah. cookies or that kind of stuff. And I just so, so much. And my parents were always just, I don't know, wonderful about they, uh, the kids got up early, you know, crack of dawn, and you know they didn't sleep in and force us to wait. They would get up <laughs> not quite as early, but everybody would get, you know, they got their foofy robes and sl and whatever our footy pajamas on. Everybody gets a hot cocoa and go like from youngest to oldest in rings, and it just was so many of the the rituals that now I don't know that we do exactly that, but I. Christmas was weeks of joy. The yeah, tree, the tree didn't go up on Christmas Eve. It went up early in December yep. so that you could enjoy it all the time yeah. and keep watering the tree to keep it, you know, supple so that it didn't just start dropping needles all over the place and look like a Charlie <laughs> Brown tree. Right. You know what I mean? And we had, you know, we we would my mom did a thing where this is old school. Um uh you you had cutouts, stencils that you'd put up on the window and you'd put some uh, uh what was it? Some kind of pink spray paint type spray. Like, yeah. But not even that it was actually, you applied it with a sponge, you daubed oh. it with a sponge, but then it would dry in the stencil. And so every window in the house had, here's an angel and here's a Christmas tree and here's Santa and his reindeer. And like, especially, you know, if you had a series of windows, that's where you'd put Santa and then reindeer, 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 right, you know what right, I mean? Right. To make sure. And just, they were so clever about what kinds of things we did. So inclusive, we always had, you know, Christmas lights on on the outside hedges and stuff like that. So every time that you came home from school, it, it I don't know, man, we just, they gave us an idyllic childhood in so many ways and especially around the holidays. And, and I think I mentioned, you know, not only did we then have, we always had vice versa for um, Christmas Eve morning or was it Christmas morning, the little German sausages that you cook and try not to let the skin break. So they get really, really chubby. Um, and, and always a great meal. And then between Christmas and New Year's, everybody was off of school, off of work. And so the family played games and did yeah. jigsaw puzzles. And you would retreat into your room and like read your brand new book. And, and there was always like plates of nuts to crack and chocolate guys, you know, like little Santas and, and just Man, it, <laughs> nice. I I have so many fond memories of that, and I've tried to recreate as many of those as possible for Colleen and myself, because it's when I don't know I I just I'm very very happy with the the luck I had to choose my parents as I did. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> right? They just they they have always been so 
generous and cool. And like, as we've gotten older then, you know, when the family has gotten together out in California where they now live, it's just so cool. Sometimes it's, you know, the kids refer to being kids, you know, there's still the little, you know, you know, I'm the middle kid. So I do what the middle kid does, but you always have, you know, now we got our wives and now we got, they have kids and, and there's a whole extended family aspect to it. And I don't know, man, I just, I, I've, I've had one or two tough Christmases because one was after my divorce and you're solo. And you know, I, luckily I had friends that were so nice about don't, don't be, you know, right. don't, poke a candle in a cupcake and have a good cry Come <laughs> over to our house and we'll include you in our Christmas orphans delight. You know what I mean? That right, kind of right. thing. I've been so lucky and so privileged, but especially with family, I have just so many good memories of good Christmases. I, I still have a lot of good memories. I mean, I miss yeah. going down to my grandmother's on Christmas Eve with my family. Yeah. And we, you know, I've not been able to really get that with my kids. Uh, we used to always go to my great grandmother's on New Year's Day and have a big German New Year's uh, dinner. And exactly. I always like everything, you know, roll yeah. out and Zalderbraten. And I, I, right. I, you know, my mom being German, and my dad Lithuanian, when I would often talk about what do you have for Christmas dinner? And it's like, well, <laughs> we had some Cephalina and some Kukulis and some Kisielus. And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> we had ham, you know, right. we had a turkey, you know, <laughs> well, right. that's not what we do in, in house Baltus, you know? Right, so. Right. Yeah. So still lots of good memories. And I hear somebody's going to vi visit Ogilvy. Yes, as a matter of fact, we're we're heading out tonight. Nice. Uh, we're, you know, it's a it's a bit of a drive, but the, the weather seems to be holding out. I was worried that it oh, started to snow. It, it's 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 just overcast, and so hopefully, yeah. as we head south, it'll be a little bit warmer, a little bit more clear. And uh, hey, we'll be swinging by, you know, yeah. Schneider Town. <laughs> That'll there, be cool. Exactly that. Exactly <laughs> that. So uh, I will keep masks on. We'll keep our social distance and stuff like that. But I, I have something I'd like to hand off to you for a little Christmas gift. So and you uh, can okay. see our decorated dragon. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't know there was a dragon involved. Very we have a cool. Dragon in the front. It's uh, so we got one of those skeleton dragons and we put it on the front porch. Okay. And then I went into the special instructions on Amazon for anything I order. I say don't leave out front by the dragon. <laughs> so I love hilarious. I hope they've read it. <laughs> we actually had our first one where someone delivered something and they took a photo to prove that they had put it in the box because apparently there's occasionally like not only yeah. are they delivering but the people are following right behind the truck yeah. seeing if there's anything worth taking and we have never been struck by that but they're now having to do that to kind of prove yeah. yes i did indeed go to your porch well you know what and I mean? on the so, opposite oh. when the playstation 5 came out yeah. uh it was very limited uh, hard to get and they somebody's uh camera security camera on their door on their house caught the amazon driver pulled out the playstation and then put it back in the box in the truck and then delivered everything else and the said box that oh, the playstation man. didn't come or wasn't available so they caught this driver stealing playstations <laughs> That's, you know, you know it, that's part of, unfortunately, when you start having your, your monitoring is you discover that not everybody's cool. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, how, how can you refute? Yeah. We have you on camera. Right. <laughs> I mean, we yeah. saw you walk off with it, buddy. The, so, the, there oh, was a Gene boy. Hackman movie like 30 years ago about being watched by cameras with everything. Um, okay. I the forget the station or something, maybe. No, it, it was about over listening, you know, uh, I thought it had him and was it Will Smith? Maybe hmm. I have to go look it up, but it was, he was like paranoid, but it's like, huh, we really do live in that society. For good now. reason. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, okay. all right, ma'am. Well, once again, we filled our time. Uh, More so. 
happy holidays. And happy holidays. Uh, we will be kind of seeing you in a couple hours. We should be getting on the road. Like I said, we'll be hopefully there by about 4.30 or something like that. And on we go to Ogilvy, West Virginia. Ogilvy, I can't West wait Virginia. to find out what you think of it uh, and everything. I'm sure you'll love it. It's a mile drive nowadays. Yeah. It's extensive. Just going onto the website, there's so many. It looks really cool. Yeah, we're... And, we're thinking of going next week just because of Gina's work schedule. Sure. Uh, that's when we can find the time. So uh, I haven't great. been for a couple of years. Okay. Thank so. you again for cluing us in on it because uh, how would cool. I have known? Like I said, it just that <laughs> these exchanges are always so satisfying. All right. Cool, man. Very good. Take care, Stephen. Talk to you okay. later. You have been listening to the Relentless Geekery podcast. Come back next week and join Alan and Stephen's conversation on geek topics of the week.